welcome to mini episode 153 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have five spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from November the 9th, 2021. And story number one comes from Alexander. My little sister Lily submitted the story you used in episode 75 about Starty and her closet man. She told me about your podcast only recently. I'm the little boy that interacted with Starty. At 45 years old, I barely remember the occurrences, but there are some moments where the residual memories and sometimes a certain odour accompanies those memories pops up. The odour is hard to describe, and yes, I know it sounds strange. To best describe the odour, it would be like opening an old chest or walking into an old building that hasn't had much exposure to activity, mixed with a dirty, stale stench. After listening to the podcast where my sister Lily described her experience with the man in the closet, it struck a chord with me and brought back to mind an experience I had when I moved away from home to try college life and attend the University of Illinois. In 1999, Lily would have been about three years old and I was around 22 or 23 years old. I shared an apartment with a very close friend of mine. It was a small, fairly new building with two two-bedroom units upstairs and a three-unit downstairs. We had the second apartment closest to the stairs on the second level, so not too many people frequented the place other than close friends or just the residents. One evening I was alone doing homework in the dining room of the apartment. I was frustrated with the work and decided to go out and meet some friends at a bar. Just as I walked into my room, I got an instant feeling of mild queasiness in my gut and felt a solid presence near me. Our apartment was not in the best part of town, so I immediately thought someone had broken in and was going to rob us. I spun around to face the hallway from where I'd come from, expecting to see someone behind me, but nobody was there. I walked into my room to change, cursing myself for being paranoid. I left and met my friends. When we came back later to a still empty apartment, I decided to just go to sleep since my roommate was staying with his girlfriend at her place. As I lay in bed and attempted to read a book, I felt the presence again and noticed my eyes get directed to my closet. I noticed the silhouette of a man leaning against one half of the opening. It looked as if it were a shadow, so I spun to look at the window in my room, hoping to see some asshole peeking in. But there was no one there. I looked back at the closet and the shadow figure was there. As I approached, it faded away. It happened multiple times after for a few months. I told my friends about it, including my roommate, who all thought I was crazy. I had seen it so many times, and the same result happened. I would walk to it, and then it would disappear. I grabbed some black paint and painted the shape and exact outline of what I kept seeing. I then told my roommate one day to grab something from my room for me. He did, but then called from my room and wanted to know why there was a shadowy figure of a man painted on my closet door. I replied, now you see what I've been dealing with. We moved from that apartment after our one-year lease was terminated. Unlike my sister's closet man, this one did not speak to me. My next place that I lived was in the same town but in a much older home. I did have some experiences there with a couple of witnesses. 
This particular house that we moved into was a home that was split into two units. We had the upstairs apartment since the place on the first floor was incomplete at the time. My younger brother Kyle was with me when the first ghost encounter happened. There was an old fan in the kitchen window. It was an old fan that would have been made in the 1950s or 1960s. It had an old cloth wrapped cord with a dial for an on off switch and it was loud. Kyle had come to visit me during my first weekend in the new place and we went to get takeout and rent some movies when he first showed up. Upon leaving the apartment, I had asked him to shut the fan off for fear that the old thing would spark and make a fire. When we got back, it was on. Naturally, I teased my brother for not listening to his big brother and leaving the fan running. He swore he shut it off. As we settled in and ate while we watched cheesy B-rated action movies, I noticed that the fan was on and creating a loud hum. I shut it off by turning the switch and disconnecting the cord. Since I didn't have the bed set up yet, or my furniture, we had a makeshift lounge area with pillows and blankets on the floor in front of the TV. Eventually we fell asleep. I woke up to my brother literally clinging to my back and whispering my name in my ear. I woke up startled and said, Dude, what the fuck is the matter with you? Why are you freaking out? He said, Alex, the fucking fan is on again. As soon as he started to say it, I realised that the fan was on and running. Naturally, I was frozen still and could not get my legs to move me into the kitchen. It took me a minute and I got up and as I approached the noise, it quietened down as if it was tunnelling away from me. My kitchen was only 15 feet away from my living room. Strange, I thought to myself. Here we go again. Needless to say, we did not go back to sleep that night and watch the rest of our movies. I had a few other moments in that house. My roommate at this place got to experience some good stuff too. Footsteps on hardwood when we had carpet, food containers opened and moved, cabinets not staying shut, and when the fan was thrown out after he got to witness that creepy thing when I was gone for a weekend. My good friend and old roommate from the first apartment had come over to jam one afternoon until a yellow tack fell between us from out of nowhere. He calmly picked up his guitar and went back home. After that, things got worse and more frequent. Foul odours, bad vibes and strange noises, starting off loudly and then tunnelling away when we went to investigate. We only stayed for nine months of a 12-month lease. Since those days, I haven't had much of any ghost experiences to speak of. Maybe an inclination here and there that someone was around, but not much else. I love when we have stories that follow on from other stories or stories from different members of the same family. Makes me really happy. Isn't it interesting how often smells come up in stories about the paranormal? I mean, usually it's like I smelled a floral perfume and I knew it was my grandmother. But the, the odour of opening an old chest or walking into an old building, that's such a specific smell. And I'm pretty sure that everyone listening is going to be able to, to smell some version of that. You know what I mean? They'll have some idea of what that smell is. And I don't think it's a smell that we've had before to be associated with some sort of paranormal entity. And I have to say, if I was in a situation where I was seeing a shadow figure and I was telling people and they didn't believe me, I would definitely be making them camp out in my bedroom until they saw it too. I'd be like getting all my friends together, get my roommates together, and I'd be like, sorry kids, we live here now. We live in this bedroom until that shadow figure makes an appearance. 
which is probably why people would think I'd gone insane. But I would do it. I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, you're going to believe me. We're, we're going to see this together. And if I have to experience this, you have to experience it too. I love stories too, where things like materialize in thin air and just fall to the ground. Somebody explain to me where that yellow tack came from. Where did it come from? How do they materialize in thin air? Like, where do they materialize from? And story number two comes from Rosalie. When I last wrote to you in mini episode 148, I was telling you about the strange goings on in my daughter's nursery. Now there's more. Like I said previously, I've lived in this house on and off for most of my life. It's a terrace and our neighbour for years was an old lady. From the age of two until five months ago, she was our neighbour, but right before my daughter was born, she decided to downsize and moved down the street. A young couple with no children moved in. It's important to mention that even though we live in a terrace, you can't hear anything. Our neighbours on the other side have a two-year-old who we never hear. All we tend to hear is when he cries really loud. When the old lady was our neighbour, we never heard her. Occasionally we would hear her dog bark, but it was always muffled. When the new couple moved in, it was a similar situation. We could never hear them apart from when they were doing building work inside the house. They did a lot to the house, including ripping up flooring within two days of moving in. Now, I'm an anxious woman, but I'm also a fiery one and I have a short fuse. I hate noisy neighbours and I feel like it's the height of rudeness to make loads of noise late at night. We're lucky because our daughter sleeps through the night, so we don't have to worry about her waking them up. Anyway, I digress. My point was that we shouldn't be able to hear them. One thing we noticed early on is that they are away a lot. They seem like quite outdoorsy people who like surfing and the like. So they're away for long weekends a bunch. This all started about three weeks ago. I just put our daughter to sleep and was sitting downstairs. It was about half past seven at night. Suddenly I heard a slamming noise so loud that I thought it was in our house. I got up to check the kitchen but there was nothing. Then it happened again. I could tell it was coming through the wall. Then I heard raised voices and more slamming. Now I was annoyed. Why would you make so much noise at night? This went on for hours until my husband came home at 11. I ranted to him and he told me to keep calm because our daughter was still asleep. The noise went on all weekend and by Sunday I was livid. Until I looked outside and saw our neighbours getting out of their car hauling surfboards and suitcases. I went outside to smoke and asked them how they were. They'd been away all weekend. Every time they go away, the noise starts. It's almost like whatever is making that noise waits till the owners are away. The old lady never left, so maybe that's why we never heard it. But there's more. I previously mentioned in my last story that our landing was tiny. My husband can only just comfortably stand on it. The other night, I had just put our daughter to bed and I was backing slowly out of the room when I backed into someone. I assumed it was my brother-in-law, but before I turned around, I thought, if it was him, the landing would have been lit up from the light from his bedroom. And I was stood in the dark with only a faint light from the kitchen illuminating the bottom of the stairs. I stepped back up into the bedroom and then stepped back again, and I didn't hit anyone. 
There was no one there. But I had absolutely backed into someone. I had felt clothes against my skin and I had felt the firmness of a human body. I felt more uncomfortable still when I realised that my brother-in-law wasn't even in. Which then made me question all the noises I had heard from his room all evening. The sound of his desk chair rolling across the floor and the opening and closing of his wardrobe door which I had chalked up to his regular behaviour and noises that he usually made. I've no idea what's going on but I know I don't like it. Even my sceptic husband is starting to feel uneasy. I'm sure I'll have more to tell eventually. So my question is, did you tell your neighbours that you were hearing these noises from the house? Because it's a difficult one to broach, isn't it? It's a difficult thing to say, listen, I know you're away all weekend, but I heard all these noises coming from your house. Maybe they have somebody that's particularly loud and obnoxious that comes and stays at the weekends when they're not there and you just don't see them coming in or out. Or maybe it's just wildly haunted. There's that too. The bit about backing into somebody on the landing really freaked me out. Back in episode 5, I think it was, when my friend Cass told the story about her experience where she was working in a theatre and she said she walked right into somebody and went, oh, I'm so sorry, and then realised there was nobody there and nothing there that she could have walked into. Like, it felt like a human body that she had walked into. That makes sense. It wasn't like a chair. It wasn't like a pillar or anything like that she had walked into a human and that's what this reminds me of and it just sounds so scary like really scary I just I don't know what I'd do probably not as calm and rational as you like stepping back into the room and then stepping back out again to see if you could feel the same thing I just think I just think I'd start swinging fists to be honest and story number three comes from Kristen I have lots of stories, but my main story was told to me by my parents. I've been seeing ghosts since I was four. We lived on a cul-de-sac in New Mexico at the time. The house at the top of the cul-de-sac was inhabited by an elderly lady. Shortly after moving in, she told my mom that she had lost her husband the year before, but she felt him around often. One could often see her talking to him as if he were there. One night I got scared so I climbed out of bed and was crawling on the floor because the curtains were open and I was afraid to walk by the window. As I was crawling under the window, I peeked over the windowsill and looked outside. I remember there was a bright moon illuminating the street. I saw movement to the right of our house, which was the home the elderly woman lived in. And when I looked, this is what I saw. It was the size and basic shape of an adult person. It was swirling and undulating in the colours of the rainbow. Within this were what my little four-year-old brain thought was glitter and sparkles. I watched it move along the sidewalk past our house, past our neighbour's home and out of my sight. After a few seconds it reappeared on the other side of the street and continued its walk along the sidewalk until it finally returned to the elderly neighbour's home where I lost sight of it behind her car. At this point I forgot I was scared and I ran to the living room to tell my parents. I don't remember saying this, but my mom said I came out very excited and just kept telling them, It was pretty, Mama, it was pretty. Since then I've had dozens of encounters and I've accepted my gift as a medium in the last six years. It has been an amazing journey. But let me tell you the story of the Inca house. My parents rented a home on Inca Street in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
At the time, my sister was two, and my mom was very pregnant with me. When they moved in, they found that the previous tenants had left many belongings behind. One room was full of sculptures, obviously done by hand. In a closet, they found several fur coats and a large grandfather clock in the hall, to name a few items. My parents were able to get the previous tenant's number from the landlord, so that they could set up a time for them to come and pick up the items. When my mom called and asked when they could come and get their items, the woman became very upset and said, I will send my son, but he is not to go in the house. Put all the things out on the curb and we will pick them up. My mom said, but what about your nice things? Someone might steal them. The woman responded with the same answer and hung up. Odd for sure. After a few days, small things began to happen. One day, my mom was washing dishes in the kitchen. The sink had a window that looked into the backyard. My dad had just finished mowing the lawn and turned on the sprinklers. He came in the back door and my mom looked up and said, I thought you turned the sprinklers on. He said that he did. He went back outside, the sprinklers were off and the valve was very tightly turned. He turned them back on and by the time he came back inside they were off again. They thought maybe someone could have turned them off but the valve was directly under the window that my mom was doing the dishes at. She would have seen someone enter the yard and certainly turn off the valve. This happened frequently. Soon another incident began. One night while everyone was in bed for the night they heard what sounded like their large metal garage door being slammed. They said the noise was incredibly loud and almost seemed to start at the far end of the house and reverberate through the home to back where the bedrooms were. My parents sat up and their first thought was that someone was trying to break in. At the time they had a huge Great Dane named Buster who was an excellent guard dog. So my dad went to the bedroom door while my mom went to get my sister from her crib and said to the dog, Go get him, Buster. Buster, who was normally a fearless dog, ran a few steps down the hallway, stopped and bolted back into my parents' bedroom and into the adjoining bathroom where he proceeded to climb into the bathtub where they could hear his nails clicking on the tub as he shivered in fear. At this, my dad yelled down the dark hall, Take whatever you want. Just please leave us alone. He locked them into the bedroom and called the police. Later, when the police arrived, my parents and the police searched the entire home, including the garage, and found nothing moved, broken or out of place. No sign of anyone having been in the home. This booming, reverberating thing happened several times over the short four months they lived there. It would not just boom once, but would often boom three times in a row, with each wave of sound and energy reverberating like a wave through the house. Shortly before they moved out, it became more frequent, with the dog shivering in the shower at each episode. My dad, being the protector, started to set up a vigil in the hallway. He would place a chair at the start of the hallway with his back to the bedrooms. He would sit with a baseball bat in his hands, ready to protect his family from a person or whatever unseen entity was shaking the home. He did this so often that he was missing a lot of sleep. My mom said that he'd started to look like the father from the movie The Amateurville Horror, with red-rimmed eyes, overgrown hair and a beard. While living there, they also reported feeling watched from behind while watching television. The odd thing was that the sofa backed up to a wall, 
with no possibility of anyone standing behind them. They would hear voices coming from the little room that once held the sculptures from the previous tenants. They used this room for storage and kept the door closed. My mom said at first she would open the door and look in the room when she heard the voices, but eventually stopped, as she never found the source. One particularly disturbing event happened in my sister's room. My mom had gone in to get her after waking from a nap. My mom said she was leaning over the side of the crib, which was pushed up against the wall. As she was leaning over to pick her up, she felt a pressure as if something was trying to push her away from my sister. My mom said it felt aggressive and completely unnerved her. This was her child and no one had the right to push her away from her. During their time in the home, my parents had my two young aunts of 12 and 14 babysit while they went out for dinner. They were gone for a few hours and on returning home, they found my aunts sitting with my sister at the front window waiting for my parents' return with their mom on the phone. They said they had felt very strongly that someone was watching them and they kept hearing voices while watching TV. It scared them so much that they called their mom and had her wait on the phone until my parents returned. Needless to say, they lived there a short amount of time, but it was the longest four months for them. Psychic abilities run strong in my family and my mom has dreamt of the house a few times over the last 40-something odd years. She dreamt of a teenaged girl with long red hair. She had her hair in the style from the 60s, long, straight and parted in the middle, and wore clothes from this time period as well. In the dream, the girl showed her a concrete slab that was on the side of the house in the backyard. It had an anxious and sad feel to the dream. My mom has helped solve murders with her abilities and felt that she had been murdered and buried under this slab and was sadly the cause for the disturbances in the home. My mom spent months combing through missing persons report posts from the 1960s, but was overwhelmed by the amount of missing persons. As these were not computers and newspapers were poorly stored, it was a tedious and difficult process. She was never able to find the girl, but it still haunts her to this day. Firstly, if I come back as a ghost, I want to come back as like a rainbow sparkly mystery figure walking down the street. I know it lacks the threatening factor, but what it lacks in threat, it makes up for in fabulousness. And that's what I want when I come back after I've died. I would love to know what that sonic boom was that went through the house. Like that repeated booming noise that came with like waves of energy. What is like I'm dying to know, especially when it was so loud and disturbing that the family ended up calling the police. Like what were those statues? What were those figurines? Those little sculptures? Dying to know what they were. And why were they all left behind? Were they something ritualistic? Were they something handmade? Were they the reason for the energy? Or were they just some weird coincidence that happened when they moved into the house? I'd love to know if the people who are in the house now are experiencing stuff too. Oh, and what I wouldn't give to be able to pull up that slab and find out if there was anything underneath it. And story number four comes from Rebecca. I don't know a lot about dreams. The extent of my knowledge comes from one AP psychology class and the superstitions of my grandmother. Whenever you have a dream where your teeth fall out, apparently someone close to you will die soon. Obviously that hasn't happened, 
but I still wouldn't tell my grandma if I did have one of those dreams. I tend to remember my dreams most of the time. Usually they're weird and completely illogical. Sometimes they can be serious or heartfelt, like whenever I see my late dog and I'm able to hug him again. This dream, however, I will never forget. It was unlike any other that I've had. At the time, I was still in college. I had a part-time job and an internship. To say I was burnt out was an understatement. I like to rationalise this strange experience with exhaustion. Or maybe I ate something weird that night. What I know for sure is that I have no clue what happened, if anything notable, and who, if anyone, did it to me. I fell asleep early that night. I usually did because I was naive enough to think I could handle 8am classes. I've never had a problem falling asleep, usually slipping into a deep sleep in under 3.2 seconds and staying asleep equally as easily. Many people express their envy of this ability when I tell them. My dreams started off from my point of view, like dreams usually do. I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I do remember speaking with someone, someone I did not recognise. The next thing I know, the person ran at full speed towards me, crashing into me. But instead of toppling over each other, I felt a pressure in my chest and the person was gone. My mouth opened and my body began to move, but I know it was not me moving it. I spoke, but what I heard were not my words, nor were they said in my voice. I was present and aware of my surroundings, but it was almost as if I was in the passenger seat of some car while someone took the wheel. As quickly as my body was taken over, I found myself in a completely different place and a completely different time than where and when I had started. People around me were wearing clothes popular in the 20s. I was in a big city instead of the college town I resided in. My body moved through the space, interacting with the city and its people, some of whom I seemed to have known. We spoke. We interacted as friends, families, co-workers, lovers. Even though I knew I did not know these people, I could feel a connection to them. A connection whoever was sharing my body was familiar with. I lived a normal day in this person's life in their time. All I could do was watch as my body moved and listen as a voice that was not my own spoke. When they were done with me, they used my voice to say, Okay, I'm done. We fell to the ground as one, and as soon as we met it, I felt the pressure in my chest release and something in me separate. I had control again. I could speak my own words and move my own limbs and I was back where I had started, but this time alone. I woke up suddenly. It was probably 4am at this point. My room was dark, but for some reason, my eyes shot to the corner where a large window met a large blank wall. I couldn't see anyone or anything, but I could definitely feel them. I am reminded of that really famous Reddit story where the guy lived a life as a fishmonger in his dreams. Like he had a dream one night where he just lived the life of somebody else. And that's exactly what this sounds like. And I too am somebody who gets illogical, mad dreams. I dream every single night. They're always wild. So if I had a dream where I was suddenly living the life of somebody else in those circumstances, I would definitely be questioning it. And I would definitely remember it. And story number five comes from Livia. I've always had a sense of psychic abilities. I am empathic, meaning I feel emotions all around me. 
so that kind of sets the background for the story up. When I was around five or six, I was sleeping and having a nightmare. I awoke sweating because in my nightmare I saw a ghost. Now I always look around my room to make sure everything is okay when I wake up like that. This night was no different, except through my doorway, just to the left in another doorway leading to an office, was an old man. He was white and draped in a hospital cloak. He barely had any hair and he just stared at me. He didn't move, he just stared. I screamed for my dad and he disappeared. My dad came rushing in and I was too tired to really articulate words, but the next day he asked me about it and I told him that I thought he had died from a heart attack because I just felt an impulse on that subject. Skip forward to four years later, I was in a rental house with my friend Greta, who also has some ability to feel presences as well. There were four small twin beds in our room. I slept furthest from the door, and she slept closest. We slept through the night just fine. When we woke up, we did what we always did. We talked and giggled about random jokes when we heard a rattle. I looked up to the door and so did Greta. The handle was moving up and down rapidly. The door flung open slightly and then slammed closed. We were terrified. We both yelled for whatever it was to go away. I called to see if my mom was playing a joke on us and no response. We stupidly went to Greta's bed, the one closest to the door, then after waiting for some time ran downstairs. No one believed us. We tried to tell the adults, but they thought it was an air vacuum. But we both know that air vacuums don't jiggle handles. This is a story from Greta. She was in her bed one night with the lights off as normal and just about to drift off to sleep when she heard a rustle. She always has papers next to her bed because she is almost always constantly drawing. The rustle continued. It sounded as though something was looking through her papers. She looked at them in the morning and they were scattered everywhere. It stopped and she hasn't heard it since. Me and her are 13 now and I still often hear scraping in the house hallway and feel such strong emotion sometimes. I've sometimes dropped to the floor crying because everyone around me is aggravated, upset or angry. I'm lucky to have parents that believe in spirits and such. So when I'm in trouble, we smudge the house and tell the spirit to leave. Livia, I am so glad that you have parents who are understanding and who listen to you and who listen to your concerns and help you through them because that is very important, I think, as a teenager, especially as a young teenager, to feel listened to and understood. So I'm very happy that you have that in your life. Not happy with the haunting stuff, less cool, but at least that can be balanced out with the good parents stuff. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Alexander, Rosalie, Kristen, Rebecca and Livia for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from November the 9th, 2021. And if you would like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories, you can check out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you're desperate for more content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single episode ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.